Hello, hello, everybody, and welcome to 30 Minute Thrive, your go-to podcast for anything and everything HR, powered by MRA, the Management Association. Looking to stay on top of the ever-changing world of HR? MRA has got you covered. We'll be the first to tell you what's hot and what's not. I'm your host, Sophie Bowler, and we are so glad you're here. Now it's time to thrive. Hello, everybody. Welcome and happy 2023. We're so excited you're here and joining us today. And we're excited that Susan Franck, MRA's president and CEO, is also joining us today. And she's going to be sharing some advice and insights to help you start off the new year right. So while researching for today's podcast, it really dawned on me just how much information, resources, research, and data is out there. But it's all kind of conflicting information at the same time. So I guess my first question to you is really, how and where do business leaders and HR professionals start? At MRA, I've always felt fortunate because we get to look into 4,000 companies a year in the Midwest. More than any media outlet, more than any newspaper article, more than any periodical I could pick up and read about or listen to or podcast, I'll believe our members because that's real. That's what's happening now, and I get to hear the leaders of all of those companies talk about how they're planning for this year. Mm -hmm. So I'm not an economist, I'm not an expert, but I am a great listener. And I feel fortunate to hear from all of our members, and I can bring some of those insights to bear for our podcast today. Mm -hmm. For example, MRA is part of the Employers Association of America, the EAA not the Experimental Aircraft Association. That's a member too. Don't get confused. Don't get confused. We do something very different. But those employer associations or EAs across the country represent tens of thousands of member companies. So we're all listening to our members about how those organizations are planning for 2023. And we did a business trend survey on a national basis this fall. And so I can bring some of those facts to the table that might help plan for the year ahead. For example, the EAA Business Trends Survey was almost 1,200 respondents, 1,200 mm-hmm. companies that talked to us about what their concerns were and how they viewed the year ahead. Not surprising, the top three concerns are pretty much the same as 2022, but the strategies that employers are using to deal with those have changed a bit. Mm-hmm. So let me tell you some of the data. Sure. Inflation is the number one concern of employers today, and inflation drives wages. So coupled with that is the HR reality of finding and keeping talent, which is the number two Mm -hmm. concern. Those are related. In the short term, meaning one year look ahead, 2023, 58% of respondents were saying inflation was the number one concern. Longer term, which we identified as a five-year horizon, 51% were concerned. So still a majority of the respondents, but it is mitigating somewhat. So inflation is believed by the leaders who responded to, um, to mitigate a bit, to diminish a bit over the next few years, but still be a concern. Mm-hmm. And then number two, as I mentioned, talent acquisition. In the short term, 58%. This year, it's still going to be a primary concern for most employers that responded. And longer term, 50%. So not a lot of change there. Still half of the respondents believe that finding and keeping people 
is going to be a problem over the next five years. Quite honestly, I agree with that and would underline that with an exclamation point at the end because it isn't a talent problem, it's a people problem. Mm -hmm. There aren't enough skilled people to go around. That's not going to change in the next five years. Actually, with baby boomers retiring, people choosing to work differently, there is going to be a people shortage which just exacerbates the talent shortage. That's mm -hmm. not going to change. Which then, number three, the concern is retention. So getting talent, yes. Finding what you need, yes. Wooing them to your organization, yes. Mm -hmm. But then the care and feeding of employees, the engagement, the culture development, the skills development, the, the, the way that you're going to bring them along in their career, all of that is critically important. And in the short term, 48%. Maybe um, less than I would have expected to see, but employers are feeling a bit better about turnover this year. That shows that maybe 2021 and 2022, coming out of the rodeo that was COVID, uh, people changing for the sake of change, just wanting a different set of problems, um, maybe that has abated somewhat, or and or probably employers are understanding the kind of communications and the kind of culture and the kind of flexibility that employees are looking for. So again, 48% in the short term, 45% in the long term, not too much difference between the short term and long term views on all three of those top three concerns of employers in this National Business Trends Survey. Absolutely. And thank you for covering all of that, there's a lot of great data that you just described, but I'd like to dive a little bit deeper into each of those top three concerns sure. that you just described. So let's start with inflation and the economy, one of the most uncertain aspects of them all. Um, we recently polled more than 100 participants in our Talent Report Plus webinar, and the results showed that 19.74% believe that there will be a recession in quarter one, 39% believe there will be a recession in quarter two, 14% believe there will be one in quarter three, 0% believe that we will end the year in quarter four with a recession. And that leaves about 26% believing that there just will not be a recession. So overall, maybe quarter two or maybe no recession at all seems to be their majority, really. What that tells me is that nobody knows. Nobody knows. And it's you know, uncertain. I, and that doesn't mean we're not... Uh, educating ourselves and reading as much and mm -hmm. listening and uh, learning and, and doing strategic planning. But who does know? And that'll lead to a point I'd like to make later in the mm -hmm. podcast about how we prepare. But when people talk about the new normal, I talk about the no normal. And oh, <laughs> there is no normal. And as leaders, we need to prepare for something we've never seen before. Right. But, but the fact that maybe Q2 is the most common response for a recession if there is one, those are still very evenly spread, right. including no recession. So people really don't know, and right. that is uncertainty. Wow. Mm -hmm. And in November, MRA actually hosted our Economic Outlook event with Dr. Chris Cool, an expert economist. So he was able to describe a little bit more on what we're seeing this year, and we are on the verge of a downturn, but he really described that it's dependent on how the consumer handles their spendings and extra savings. They could spend their way out of it, or they could really hold on to their savings to plan for what's coming for next year, 
because they're worried. Um, so really, how realistic is a serious downturn? How bad will inflation be? Those are all of the key questions people are really asking today. So Susan, what are some of the current key economic takeaways you consider of value to business leaders for this upcoming year? Sure. Um, again, I'm not an economic expert, but synthesizing and distilling the information that I hear from hundreds and thousands of member companies knits together a pretty strong quilt of mm -hmm. information. And that practical information you know, underlines the fact that inflation drives wages. And especially in a year like 2022, where there was high turnover and people were leaving uh, employment, moving to different employment, moving out of the workforce, deciding to do something completely different with their career, companies were scrambling to try to, A, for the right reasons, altruistic reasons, keep their employees whole and help them keep up with inflation, mm -hmm. where a loaf of bread or a tank of gas costs so much more than it mm -hmm. did a year or two before. And second, stay in business that, right. you know, prices, it, it, one of the things that MRA has is a thousand people registered and enrolled in our roundtable groups. So we have right. 70 roundtable groups and those are peer discussions that really dive in professionally facilitated with a specific topic. And the economy has been a specific topic that we've covered a, a number of times. Our CEO and CFO roundtables have talked about the fact that their business cycle has speeded up so much mm -hmm. where inflation is concerned. So, um, it, you know, that old adage, I don't like it doing more with less. Um, we have to do things differently and mm -hmm. we have to do things using technology. And we have to determine where on that spectrum of personal custom care, face-to-face -face care mm -hmm. versus an automated lower cost, more repeatable right. option for whatever your custom customer service issue is, product mm -hmm. or service. And we have to decide for what segments of our business do we need to be on which part of that spectrum. Uh, mm -hmm. I was part of the bomb cyclone of December 2022. Slept in a couple of airports, <laughs> had six flights, made it home in time for Christmas. Good. That may be a bad example, mm -hmm. but automation is good right. until it isn't. Right. And you have to give customers options. So mm -hmm. allowing customers to choose when I want to self-serve, when I want to download something from MRA's resource center, mm -hmm. and I don't need to talk to somebody, versus when do I have a really thorny employee relations issue, mm -hmm. and I need to talk to somebody with a lot of years of experience, and I, and I want to take an hour and do that and come up with options on how to solve my problem. Whatever your product or service is, whether you're making widgets or cars or a law firm or a marketing agency, what what elements of your business cycle can you speed up and automate versus which ones do you need to really personalize, not leave that touch, make mm -hmm. sure that your customers can choose to get out of being on hold for seven hours mm -hmm. while you wait in line. Right. They just won't stand for it. And we've seen automation in all aspects of our world, of course, that's nothing new, whether it's ordering fast food or how we build a car, mm -hmm. but making it right for your business, right. what are you going to be known for? Is it, If it's customer intimacy, like we are at MRA, you better not automate everything. No robots here. No robots here. <laughs> not yet. Uh, unless it's like to deliver our lunch. That I would like to do. <laughs> <True>. Right. <laughs> But, but yeah. Dr. Keel said a number of things, you know, if inflation drives wages, 
most of our CEO and CFO roundtables are talking about the fact that that will moderate this year. That last year, mm -hmm. they were doing double merits or they were doing more frequent merits or they simply boosted people's wages because they knew what was happening in, in the employees' personal lives and they needed to make sure they kept pace. Mm -hmm. So if it was 6 or 7% on average last year, this year they're looking at probably 3 or 4%. So moderating to what we would consider to be a more traditional curve, but I think employers need to be very tuned in and aware uh, of the economic signals for their own industry right. because it isn't that skills are somewhat transferable but not always transferable and so if you need a specific kind of engineer mm -hmm. you might need to do something very different for that engineer than you do for the rest of your team Absolutely. and HR has always uh, been hesitant mm -hmm. to not be consistent to treat you different than you and I say the time has come when we need to be custom, we need to go small. Absolutely. We need to know what Sophie wants and thinks is important versus what Sarah thinks and wants is mm -hmm. important versus what Jeremy thinks and wants is important. So um, harder for human resources, but more effective mm -hmm. if we're going to go small and customize. That's not going to happen in the blink. That's a trend I see happening. Mm -hmm. And it's not just with employee benefits, but um, uh, with customer selection. Right. What do, how do customers want what you do? Mm -hmm. And that's a great point to bring up. And the EAA survey actually showed that 93% will be replacing staff due to voluntary turnover, whereas 71% will be hiring due to newly created jobs. So. If business is good and hiring is high, um, let's talk about talent in the workforce sure. shortage. So not only is it hard to find people these days, but it's also hard to keep them. So do you have any insights to share to our listeners today in finding and recruiting workers today? It's a yes. big question. It is a big question. And um, I'm always inspired by our members because there's lots of creative, innovative mm -hmm. things going out there. So there's dozens of different things we could talk about. but I, I would kind of um, group them into two big buckets. One I'll call human resources is actually sales and marketing. Right. And the other is creativity and flexibility in skill utilization. So uh, some of you listening might know that my husband is a human resource director. Mm -hmm. And so he's recruiting all the time. Right. Let me give you a real anecdote. Mm -hmm. He's very creative. And he's a great sourcer. He's led some employees to us as well. But one Sunday recently, he said, I've just got a few, I've just got a few phone screens to do and I'll be done in time for the Packer game. Great. So I hear him on the phone in the office. He mm -hmm. steps out and he goes, I think I found our new great specialty, blah de blah. Mm -hmm. I said, wonderful. He didn't look happy. I said, what's the problem? He said he has 12 interviews this week. This is someone who had gone on LinkedIn, checked 17 applications, applied mm -hmm. to 17 jobs, 24 hours later, had 12 interviews. Wow. But here's the difference. He said only two of those interviews were a human being who called and talked to me. Really? You can set yourself apart mm -hmm. with the personal touch in an automated world. Absolutely. You might need to use technology to scale and to reach and to find 
But then how you serve up, we call it at MRA, warm bread. Mm -hmm. I got that from a human resource professional who worked here. And that's what they did at church. Somebody visited them, signed the visitor's book, and then a committee, a warm bread committee, mm -hmm. was assigned to make that person feel welcome and invite sure. them back again. Mm -hmm. So at MRA, we talk about warm bread. Once we find a candidate that we're interested in, who's going to email them? Right. What photo are we going to send them? What link to a video that describes who we are? Mm -hmm. What little swag bag are we going to deliver mm -hmm. to their house to right. say, we want you here, and this is yeah. where you belong. I love that. Yeah, so all different kinds of warm bread. It doesn't have to be expensive. Right. Once I took a picture of somebody and then photoshopped the new candidate's head on there, I said, picture yourself here I love that. at MRA. Right? That's creative. He said yes. So, <laughs> right, so it, it works. Mm -hmm. um, I've dropped little things off at people's house. You know, you have to be careful that you don't look like a stalker. But if they're expecting you and they know you're going to drop something off, it really sets you apart. Mm -hmm. So human resources is in sales and marketing. Mm -hmm. And people like to know that they have attention, that they're going to be treated differently than sure. a number. And so uh, back to the story at hand, my husband was successful out of 17 prospective applications and 12 interviews in getting this individual to join their team. Right. It doesn't always happen. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you're a competitive payer and somebody just outpaces you by many thousands of dollars, all right, but you're gonna win more often than you lose. Right, and you're so gonna keep them too. You are gonna keep them too. So sales and marketing, it's not just the interaction with the candidate, it's the supports that mm -hmm. human resources have that tell that candidate or potential candidate who you are and how you operate and what your behavior is So as, a, as an organization. So I would say be a secret shopper. Be a secret mm -hmm. shopper. Ask somebody on your team because if you're close to it, you think what you have online is great. Right. You think your application is great. Right. You think your process is great. Have somebody who you trust kick the tires, go through that process, find out how long it takes to get back to that individual, right. see what how, what is the look and feel and culture mm -hmm. that is described by your company website, by mm -hmm. your candidate experience page. We really have to be in sales and marketing and human resources, I think, gets that and they're mm -hmm. embracing it, but it is a different skill set or at least an add-on skill set. Absolutely. The second thing is flexibility and creativity. Since there is a people shortage and not just a talent shortage, mm -hmm. you have to be flexible and creative Yep. in finding skills that might transfer mm -hmm. and that you could develop. Absolutely. So um, I guess companies that say, here's someone with a military background mm -hmm. and they were in administration and database. All right. First of all, I love hiring veterans, but second of all, that's a rigorous skill set that you understand that person has the aptitude and the interest to learn right. what you need. Mm -hmm. Maybe you don't actually need that specific software package or uh, background. You could look six more months and not fill that position, mm -hmm. or you could have six months with someone who's leaning in, who's saying, I can learn this, I learned that, exactly. and they can be a great employee by the time you might find the perfect employee. Mm -hmm. And we just had a podcast on non-traditional candidates, and. Perfect. All of the great things they can bring to a company. So, and you just talked about 
meant or talked about skilled workers. So what about those younger, somewhat unskilled workers? How do you get them? What do you do with them? What do you do <laughs> with them? Well, they're our future. So I would say you do everything with them. Mm-hmm. Um, you didn't quite ask the question this way, but something that I love to see and something that I've been told uh, helped me in mm-hmm. my career, all feedback is good. Yep. All feedback is good. If you believe that you're working for a manager who not only wants the company to succeed, but wants you to succeed, mm-hmm. then embrace that feedback, good or bad, constructive criticism or add a girls and add a boys, embrace that because it helps shape your development and what you're going to do next in your career. Mm-hmm. So be if you have a coach, be the best player you can be. Yes. And that is to say, I would seek out feedback. I would go to someone, my boss, a different person, a colleague, and I would say, I just gave that little presentation at the management meeting. What could I have done better? Mm-hmm. How did you think it went over? How did the message land? What could I have what could I have done differently? If you're waiting for feedback, hopefully it's happening regularly. Right. But asking for feedback and asking for development and asking for coaching and not just the applause. Mm-hmm. Um, Younger workers, newer managers, that's really, really helpful. Think about it. It changes the timber of the conversation. If you and I were were a direct reporting relationship, Mm -hmm. you're my boss and I'm coming to you, maybe during a performance review, you're saying, okay, Susan, there's there's five things you do well and there's a couple things I'd like you to improve upon. Right away, I'm like, whoa. Right? Even if it's internal. Mm -hmm. But if you flip that and you're my boss, and I come to you all the time and say, hey, Sophie, that presentation that I gave or that report that I made, what what feedback do you have for yeah. me? Then I'm leaning toward you and you're leaning right. toward me and I've asked for that feedback. It changes the whole conversation. Mm-hmm. That's great advice. Yeah, it's, it's really kind of the number one thing. That's great advice I can use too. Ah. <laughs> but, when you're my boss. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> But companies are also utilizing the strengths of younger workers in areas like technology, including software, programming, integration, drones even, and gaming. Um, And younger workers are really taking the lead on social justice, social media platforms, as well as public presentations even too, like you mentioned. In fact, one of our most downloaded podcasts was talking about emerging leaders with Kate Walker and how to really help upskill them and prepare those new emerging leaders. So I know you covered this a little bit, but do you have any other advice for upcoming and emerging leaders? And what did you yourself take advantage of when you were an emerging leader? Yes. Well, what we talked about with feedback, I really tried to be a great player, not a perfect player. Mm -hmm. You're going to make mistakes. I've made plenty. But always saying, I want to be the best. Mm-hmm. Help me be the best. Second, um, <laughs> it's a phrase I've used before uh, many times in management meetings and all staffs and things. The world is full of problem identifiers. Mm-hmm. The world, it's rare to have problem solvers. And as a young or emerging leader, you want to make sure you understand 
what's the problem to be solved? <laughs> it isn't your, it, 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 for example, if you're in human resources, you may think your goal is to write an employee handbook. That is a step toward the goal. Mm -hmm. To understand, you need to say, what does a handbook do for the company? So what? Mm -hmm. Well, a handbook should improve communications, decrease turnover, increase employee engagement, allow the human resource department to be more efficient and spend more time on employee relations things and culture instead of just answering questions. So it, you have to look beyond, especially as a new leader, but this goes for people of all ages, at all levels. Mm -hmm. Some people say, here's my list of things that I did. So what? Mm -hmm. What did those things do? So that insight to say, if I did this, if I wrote the best handbook and communicated it well, and that was the best job you ever saw, what would you be experiencing? What would the company be experiencing, positive and negative? What, mm -hmm. what would make that the best handbook you ever saw? Now, that's a small example because it's a handbook, but it goes to, it goes to understanding the importance of the business and yep. not just a task. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? That makes sense. That's a good example, too. Wow. Yeah. And we also have other great resources to address the talent concerns out there. Um, for example, Emory's talent report, monthly talent report, it was just a monthly publication that really shares workforce inf information and innovations. Uh, we also have the talent report plus webinar series, and we have linked both of those in the show notes. So you can go check those out after this podcast. So we really talked about recruiting. Now let's focus on retention. What matters most to employees on retention? Sure. Um, Harkening back to the National Business Trends yep. Survey again, the top three, no surprise, are number one, competitive pay. 86% said that was important. I can't imagine it wasn't 100% right. because <laughs> competitive pay, it's table stakes. To me, that's not, unless you're going to be in the top 10%, unless you're going to be that company in your market that everybody knows pays more than everybody else, it's just table stakes. You have to be competitive because it's a dissatisfier, not a satisfier. Competitive pay are just table stakes. If you don't pay competitively, people will leave. If you do pay competitively, that doesn't mean people will stay. Mm -hmm. It just is a ticket you have to punch. So spending time to make sure that you're competitive on pay, very important to mm -hmm. most employees. Right. Second is work-life balance. 76% um, of respondents said work-life balance was important. Again, I don't know why it would be 100%. Right. Well, I suppose some people don't want work-life balance, but I don't know who <laughs> those people would be. Uh, but work-life balance, you know, people just want, I think this translates sometimes in news outlets to work-life balance, meaning people want to work less. Mm -hmm. That could be true for some people. But work-life balance to me and how I see it played out in our hundreds and thousands of member companies is that employees want flexibility to do what's important outside of work. Right. Their work still needs to get done. Mm -hmm. And maybe they have no problem working 40 or 50 hours a week, whatever their job requires. But they want to be able to provide childcare. They want to be able to attend a school uh, recital. Mm -hmm. They they have elder care issues. Life is very fast yeah. and very complicated. And the trust bridge that's built with employees to say, 
I understand you're going to give 100% to your job, mm -hmm. but some flexibility in how you give that mm -hmm. uh, is what they're looking for today. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's tied to the third one, too, right. about flexibility and how people work. That doesn't mean just remote work. Mm -hmm. I, I look at it this way and how I've seen it borne out in our members. It depends on the position. Totally. Some positions can't be remote. Mm -hmm. Some are performed better in a team environment. And some employees, it's a privilege to work remote versus, you know, if that isn't a top performer or if they're a brand new employee, mm -hmm. maybe they need to work in the office. Right. Maybe they need to work with their colleagues to, to learn the business. So I, I look at that as a wonderful conversation to have, mm -hmm. preferably before somebody's hired, to say, what are your expectations and what can this organization provide to you? But it doesn't stay static. Mm -hmm. This should be an organic, ever-changing conversation that an employee is having with their manager because life circumstances change. Right. Mm -hmm. And you have some, it depends on the person too, because it was funny, I was having a conversation with my boss and she's, why are you emailing me at 10 p.m., 11 p.m.? But it's, sometimes people like working those hours. Yes. Maybe you don't work at 6 a.m., but... Maybe I'll be on my computer at midnight giving you what you need. You know? Okay, you you just busted me. I thought you were talking about me. Because, no, well, and you. Yeah, but, but what I'm very clear about with everybody I work with is that just because I choose to work that way doesn't mean you need to work right. that way. And I try to remember to hit delay deliver to tomorrow morning at 8 o'clock, but honestly, that takes an extra five seconds. Right. And so... As long as I have this trusting, open communication with everybody mm -hmm. who works with me, I say, just because you get pinged at 10 o'clock, don't respond. Right. And even when they respond, I say, please don't respond. And I know that they they really do understand that, mm -hmm. that this can wait. Absolutely. That's just something I've seen nowadays. Like People don't need to be working the typical 9 to 5 or 8 to 5. They work when they feel the most productive. Yes, as long as the results are there. Absolutely. Right. In fact, we have a great example of that, and I won't use her name because I didn't ask permission to, but we have a new manager here mm -hmm. who's worked with the company for 23 years. She worked in the office for her first six months mm -hmm. to learn the ropes. So this is 23 years ago. Yeah. She worked for six months, learned the operations of the business, became a high-performing employee. We knew she could be trusted, knew how to solve problems, was really great at her job. Mm -hmm. Then she became a remote employee for 20 years. Really? Yes. We've had remote workers for a long time, mm -hmm. but they earn that privilege and they prove their exactly. strengths. Yep. So when it became time to promote some from, someone from within, mm -hmm. she threw her hat in the ring and said, I've raised my children. I've needed that flexibility. Now I'm ready right. for a different stage of my career, mm -hmm. and I'd love to be considered as the manager. That was so mm -hmm. perfect. Right. She was prepared. Mm -hmm. Yes. Absolutely. Right. So that conversation should be ongoing and organic and as custom as it can be. If you're a manufacturer, there's a process, there's a workflow. People can't just decide to stay at home if they're needed for that kind of workflow. Mm -hmm. But but to the extent it can be, I think that's going to be the way of the workforce. Okay, and with that in mind, what are the best suggestions you have for employers to encourage a culture that is fully engaged? Yes, well, there's a thousand things that we could talk about. Mm -hmm. I will 
end with one that is universal and specific. So not this big revelation, uh, not this golden key of, of member of employee engagement, but universal. Email has become the bane of most people's existence. <laughs> Getting through your emails, figuring out why am I copied on this email, mm -hmm. figuring out what action do I need to take because of this email, and also wishing several times a day, why did this person just pick up the phone and call me? So human beings for thousands of years have been relational. You see expressions, you break bread together, you grab a cup of coffee on a Zoom call, you maybe take a few moments for chit-chat before you jump into the meat of the meeting. But I see employees, and not just young or new employees, I see employees of all career levels using email as a dodge. They send an email because it gets it off their desk, it puts the monkey on your back, yep. and I don't have to think about it until they respond. That isn't the way mm -hmm. things work best. So pick up the phone, mm -hmm. reduce the email clutter, copy people with specific requests. Mm -hmm. Sophie, I need you to do this. Sarah, would you respond to this? Mm -hmm. uh, John, please note the green highlight below. That's what I need you for. Help them move business along and everybody, A players wanna be surrounded by A players. Mm -hmm. So let's help everybody be the best they can be. And I think one way to do that is to make it personal mm -hmm. and to not hide behind emails so that we're all trying to declutter our email inbox and get through the day as fast as possible and a personal conversation. Mm -hmm. How many email streams have you gotten that have 10 things? And people say, read from the bottom. Yes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> see below. Yes. I will see below and I will read from the bottom because I like you and you asked mm -hmm. me to, but far better would right. it have been if you had just picked up the phone mm -hmm. or call a 15 minute meeting. I love 15 minute right. meetings and say, we're going to knock this out. We're going to solve this whole problem mm -hmm. by having a conversation. And I'm sure you can do more that way than trying to read the email for 10 minutes, Absolutely. figure it out, and then respond. 10 people reading the email right. for 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So. That's a good ending point. We've really talked about so much here today, and you shared some great ideas. And do you have any parting thoughts for our listeners today as they go on to this new year? Well, most companies think 2023 is going to be a good year. Maybe not the breakneck year that 2022 was, but supply chains, uh, commuter trips are still a problem, but supply chains have, have um, moderated a little bit, the supply chain bottlenecks. Um, there's still growth projected by the majority of companies. Companies are still hiring. The majority of companies are hiring. So I think 2023 is going to be a really good year. Mm -hmm. Whether a recession comes, whether it doesn't come, whenever it comes, Companies would be well advised to have a plan B, and every good leader I know does, mm -hmm. because being agile in the face of changing economic conditions is what it's all about. No one, not even Dr. Keel, can project if there's a recession, how deep it's going to be, how long it will last, what industries it will affect. So business leaders would be well advised to say, here's my plan, but here's my plan B and even plan C right. if this doesn't happen. So. 
agility in the face of changing conditions and rewarding people who are problem solvers and can flex and change. Mm -hmm. That's really what's going to be very important for business in 2023. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you for all that advice and your leadership. There's a lot to think about this year, but hopefully this helps set you up for success this year. And we're here for you too, always. 24-7. Always. So happy new year and thanks for joining us today. And thank you, Susan. Thank you. And that wraps up our content for this episode. Be sure to reference the show notes where you can sign up to connect for more podcast updates. Check out other MRA episodes on your favorite podcast platform. And as always, make sure to follow MRA's 30-Minute Thrive so you don't miss out. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next Wednesday to carry on the HR conversation.